the stigma on you is you're labeled as a crazy person. You know, you're lazy. You're you're labeled that way so that your voice doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And that's that's the hard reality that we all face in the mental health care society is that um, people don't listen to us. What's up, beautiful people? And welcome back to Relax, We're All Gonna Die. I'm Jackie Dutton, here for this week's Tumble of My Marbles, and thank you so much for listening. This week, I have an incredibly special guest, and we'll get into our conversation in a moment, but first, I want to talk about who he is and how it all relates to our Relax, We're All Gonna Die premise here. My guest is not only a wonderful person, he is actually my cousin. His name is Matt, and he happens to be bipolar. He is going to be on here and sharing his personal experiences in a little Q&A that I have for him, but I really wanted to talk about why this is my most special guest, and it's the most special for my first interview on here, and why I wanted him to be the first guest. A few weeks ago, I released the episode titled Fuck Everything and Run. It is about how fear can be a great motivator or the cause of complete paralyzation. But mental health and fear are two subjects that I feel in normal conversation orbit each other without ever colliding. But they also never leave the other's orbit, simply because when people hear about severe mental health issues, if they have zero experience with them, they immediately have a fear instinct kick in and they check out. They don't listen, they don't look to understand, and they shut down because they just can't comprehend something that isn't happening to them. Well, guess what? People affected by mental illness don't get to shut it out. They are forced to deal with it, and dealing with it turns into a journey with many different paths. Family members and people around them also don't get to just shut it out. It becomes a part of their everyday reality as well. And now, all of a sudden, something that they may have been ignorantly fearful of beforehand becomes a daily issue they wake up and suit up to deal with. I think a lot of people are brutally afraid of things simply because they don't understand them. The vaccine right now is a good example of this, and I'm not pushing the vaccine one way or another, I'm just simply saying that the new vaccine is clearly being met with a wide variety of skepticism and fear because people do not understand how it works. So today, my hope is that for the three people who listen to this podcast, if we help educate even one person on the correct information about mental health or mental illness and how to better understand a person going through it, it will be the difference and betterment I've hoped to start with. Fear simply stems from a complete lack of understanding and nothing opens people up to understanding someone else's journey and creating empathy, like hearing them speak for themselves. So without further ado, let's get into my interview with Matt. Say hello, this is Matt, everybody on the podcast. Hello, everybody on the podcast. <laughs> Which is probably four people, to be honest, but yeah. Love it. Thank you for listening. <laughs> All right. Um, so... This is Matt, and as I have said in the intro, he is my cousin, and um, he is the first guest of Relax, We're All Gonna Die, and I'm very, very excited. It's a very, very special guest, and I'm very, very excited to have him on here. What, what? 
All right. So um, I'm going to ask Matt some questions and he's going to give his um, experiences and answers. And then I, you have a question or two for me as well. Is that what I understand? Um, I might by the end. Okay. But I, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. All right. So the first question is, what is your condition specifically and how old were you when it started? So specifically right now, I am schizoaffective bipolar type with ADHD. Um, the onset of my, my mental illness started when I was about 21. Um, and uh, back then it was, it wasn't really, we didn't really know what it was, my, my family and I, we didn't really know what it was. Um, you know, uh, people threw bipolar at me and things like that. And then it switched over into schizophrenia after a while. And then after some time, um, it switched back down to schizoaffective bipolar type. Um, so that's where I'm at as of currently. So was it harder for them to figure it out because it is more than just one thing, essentially? Yeah. So, um, you know, mental health is a, is, is a spectrum like anything else. And, um, you know, it's, it's a very difficult and non-efficient system. Um, a lot of the times for me, particularly, I was uh, put into mental health hospitals and um, during those stays, they medicate you and they try and get you out the door as soon as possible. They don't really take um, good care of kind of like what needs to set up and be the process for you in the upcoming years and things like that. They just kind of throw drugs at you and get you out the door. So I wasn't really diagnosed properly in the beginning. Um, if I was diagnosed properly in the beginning and they gave me more education on it, I probably wouldn't have to go through as many struggles as I did. Um, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. And, uh, you know, I'm still here today. Yes. And, and we are very glad about that. Yeah. Um, so did you notice that this started happening or did it all just seem like a normal state of consciousness to you? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so in the beginning of the onset, you know, hindsight's 2020. So um, in the beginning of the onset, um, it seemed completely normal to me. Um, I was full-blown manic at the time, which just means like, in my, in my personal experience, um, manic just means a um, speeding up of processes within the brain um, or in your mind, I guess. So things start to happen really quickly um, under the surface, essentially. And so, um, but to me, that seemed very normal. Um, I had a unique case um, during the time I, I was experimenting with drugs, which some people have um, said that it was a drug-induced psychosis. I don't necessarily believe that. Um, I believe it had to do with other uh, parts of my life that I was dealing with at the time. Um, but it was, it was basically this ramping up of uh, mental processes to a point where I couldn't handle it anymore. Okay, so it just, it kind of spirals out of control, essentially. Yeah, lots of, um, it spirals to a point where it unravels, 
and then you like the way I explain it to people is like it's kind of like you have an infrastructure in your 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 mentality right and so when when the manic process kind of hit its uh kind of peak I guess and everything broke down all the infrastructure collapsed it was just like a um like a if you like see a um demolition of a building that is um uh you know meant to be demolished and they set all the charges and it blows down like you know like it kind of felt like that but internally oh, and wow. yeah it was it was really intense like and and nothing i was prepared for and i didn't even realize that this was happening until it happened okay so in hindsight was there a warning sign like growing up like did you have ADHD when you were 12 and they tried to give you Ritalin or was there it did it just feel like it happened kind of all of the sudden that you would start having this manic problem and then it kind of all tumbles yeah I think um I think I had some forms of ADHD when I was younger um but you know when I look back on my life it's it's really easy to see the signs of parts of my mental illness throughout my growing up period mm -hmm. but you know when you grow when you're growing up it all just seems like stupid shit you do as a kid but when you get to a point where you start to understand the illness you start to see those things as signs of mental illness so it's it's very interesting um as i as i get older and i start to understand my illness a little bit more and I look back on my life, uh, you know, some things that just kind of like that old, that old classic saying, like story of my life, mm -hmm. like it holds true to a, um, to a mental health standard because a lot of mental health is um, repeating the same process over and over again and not being able to kind of like um, break through that process and uh, um, uh, in game language, like complete that challenge. Mm -hmm. you know so it's like it was a lot of it was a lot of repeating processes until it just kind of like broke down okay um so what has been the most beneficial with your personal treatment and your journey with this process and it's been a quite a while and a few years of you having this experience now of like treatment so what helps the most so far yeah, so um, this is really important for anyone struggling with mental health is that um, the biggest thing that you can find and do is, well, I guess two things, two part, it's a two part thing. One is you got to do the education yourself. You have to find out, you know, signs and symptoms of what's going on. So it's kind of like preventative measures mm -hmm. so that you can notice you know what's happening within your brain structure and when you notice start things start to ramp up um you can um uh i guess you know prevent them from getting worse um and the second is finding good help um so like therapy psychiatrists really hard to find if you can find a good psychiatrist that works with you um and understands your um your process and is willing to sit in a room with you for more than five minutes or with a pandemic on a phone with you for more than five minutes mm -hmm. you found someone who actually cares 
And that's really hard to find in the mental health field. Unfortunately, it seems counterintuitive, but um, it's really hard to find a psychiatrist that cares for the individual. Um, therapist is kind of the same way, you know, not one size fits all. Um, it's uh, uh, you have to you have to try on a couple coats to find the right fit. Um, you know, luckily for me, I found a great therapist and uh, she's absolutely wonderful and has helped me through so much. She under she has a vast knowledge of the mental health field. And um, yeah, it's, it's just a, um, it's a, it's nice to have things working in my favor again. Good. But for people who don't necessarily know the difference completely. So a psychiatrist is a medical doctor that can prescribe you medication and your therapist is the person you, you know, kind of talk through things with. Right. So like the, um, go for it. Oh, does your psychiatrist also need to hear similar things as your therapist? Yeah, so I, I give my psychiatrist the lowdown on like what's been up and kind of how my brain's been working and how, like, for example, like I'm in school and I'm able to get through these classes without, you know, lethargy or, um, you know, sleeping too long or things like that. And so he'll adjust the medications so that it regulates my brain mood so that um, I can actively participate in my life um, rather than um, a bunch of drugs that make me lethargic and make me gain a lot of weight and um, just things that um, really slow you down in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very, uh, um, it's, a, it's a give and take process. So you got to be able to share in order to get what you want out of the prescription drugs. Oh. And the, the therapist is kind of the person that brings all the tools in and like a tool belt or whatever. And you, you just lay out all the stuff to them and they start, you know, hammering nails and screwing and screws and all that kind of stuff. Awesome. So the psychiatrist is like the architect that designs the plans and the therapist is the one who helps you build the house. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um. Let's see. So I I think that there's just so much negative stigma around mental health in large part because people are afraid of it because they just don't know anything about it, right? Like they see people get labeled certain ways and then they just kind of write it off and they're too scared of it to really learn about it. Or maybe it's just also lack of access, you know, towards people to hearing their story. But um I think it's important to point out to people that it's not all negative. Like there can be some, you know, little gems that you find within a shit situation sometimes, yeah. right? <laughs> um, yeah. But what what would you say um, are some benefits to the way that you think now or the way that your brain works now? Do you feel like you have a boost in creativity or you're more open to new ideas or... Um, how, how do you think that this has changed you in a better way? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so I'll come at it with a couple different approaches. Um, one is that, um, so during mania, manic, manic states, um, there's a lot of creativity that's happening. Um, specifically it's like, um, you know, the, the old, um, the old like assignment we used to do back in like grade school where like you had to connect the dots and it formed a picture. Mm-hmm. 
it's kind of like that. So like um, the creativity stems from this vast network that, you know, your brain essentially, and you're just connecting dots and you're trying to put a puzzle together. And so in doing so, if you are already a creative person and you have a medium to uh, put it, put that creativity into, then it's very helpful. So for someone with mental health illness, I always say it's important to pick up some form of art skill um, because uh, it, it allows you to kind of put the, the puzzle together and then you can just like put it on a piece of paper or put it in a movie or put it in a song or do something that allows you to kind of just like get it out of your system. Yeah. And that's kind of a, a real important one. Um, as far as opening up to things, I mean, not to sound too, um, uh, I don't know how to put this correctly, but like, I guess, I guess I've been open, more open to uh, a higher power. I don't call it God all the time because it's, uh, that has, that also has a stigma yeah. uh, based in religion and stuff, but a higher power is kind of nicer to me because it's, a. Uh, um, you know, I just believe that I am not God and I am not the all powerful. You know, I, I believe that there is something higher than me that understands way more than me and loves me for who I am and can appreciate me for who I am and wants the best for me. That's what yes. I believe. Yes. And so I've been more willing to open up to that concept um, over the years. Um, I used to be very self-centered and very selfish. Um, and so I've been able to kind of reconcile some of those things within myself yeah I would also say maybe some of that is getting older as well you know it's easy to be selfish when you're 16 you know yeah, the whole world's true. about yeah. you it's <laughs> <laughs> very true um so as a woman I will say that it's incredibly frustrating to use the healthcare system because there are points in which it's very clear to me that it was not designed by a woman to use. But I would think tenfold, this becomes obvious in the mental health industry that it wasn't designed by people suffering from a mental illness. So what is it like to use the mental health care system when it wasn't designed by someone who even knows really how you feel? Sure. Um, first of all, I'd like to agree with you on your your platform there. Um, I think it's, I don't envy women. Um, <laughs> I think, I think it's very unfair. Um, uh, I think it's a very unfair system uh, for uh, a lot of groups that aren't white males. Um, and that's just sad and true point fact, whatever it is, you know. Um, but yeah, the uh, mental health care system, as far as that goes, the most frustrating part is that I think in its inception, it was thought to be uh, for, you know, the good, you know? Yeah. Like, but it's become kind of, kind of quite a monster. Um, it's, it's based on greed. Um, prescription companies, prescription drug company makes trillions of dollars a year off of sick people like that's disgusting yeah um i had this like so like for example like going back to the creativity thing like i had this uh you know pink floyd money 
-hmm. you know i always have this this image in my mind of you know creating a sound like a like a music video to that and it's a guy walking down the street and he's working a job but every time he works his job and he's trying to pay for his prescription pills things get darker right and things start to spiral out because he can't afford his medication anymore because the prices go up and his job salary stays the same and it's this kind of dark dystopic world type of thing yeah so you know it's um like the prescript like the people that are ceos and cfos and stuff that are working at the top of these prescription drug companies aren't really looking out for people like me um you know they're not they're not they're building the drugs so that they can regulate me and that's a whole nother story but um like as far as like wanting and caring and having that empathy to like really actually care about the individual like they're not doing that they're trying to do a one-size-fits-all and make a money bunch of money off of it so it's kind of this horrible thing right there's um who's that entrepreneur um uh he's on shark tank mark cuban mark cuban yeah Yeah. okay he's making his own prescription drug line i love this guy he's making his own prescription drug line because um uh he feels like kind of the same way i do and so he's trying to get all the generic prices for um uh drugs which are just like uh the basic models of Mm -hmm. each drug and um he's trying to streamline that and bring down the prices so that he'll bring down the prices across the board. And I, I'm like, go you, that's fantastic. That's like a really cool thing to do in the prescription drug world. Yeah. Um, another thing that is interesting and is coming up, um, something to look out for is uh, the use of uh, psychedelic medicine. Um, I think natural. we're going to, you would just say like natural therapies as well. Natural like, therapies. Yeah. yeah. Also Eastern therapies. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the blending of a lot of these different um, methodologies and it'll, will be, it will be interesting to watch what happens because um, prescription drug companies has such a stranglehold on the monopoly of how we think and how we act and what we do to feel good about ourselves or whatever and now that we have all these ethan orthodox you know or e- eastern methodologies these different methodologies that are coming in like and that will be mainstreamed within the next 20 years or so um how the men- the mental health the health you know just the health system overall will uh interact with human nature yeah i'm very excited to see um the crumbling down of that wall, you know, they're willing to study, you know, medicinal marijuana, positivity effects on things. And and I think you're exactly right. The big pharma is just scared. They, and unfortunately it doesn't meet with immediate government approval because big pharma donates directly to these people who vote no. Right. And it, it's, they really are the puppet masters, you know, yeah. you, you can be mad at your congressman all day, but I mean, at the end of the day, he's just wearing a NASCAR jacket with sponsorships. <laughs> <you know? laughs> That's practically it, man. That is, that is, that is the MO of being in the mental health care system. It's just like you, and you, and the thing is, the problem with it is, is that, you know, it's there, you know, it's true. And, but you can't do anything about it because 
the stigma on you is you're labeled as a crazy person. You know, you're lazy. You're, you're labeled that way so that your voice doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And that's, that's the hard reality that we all face in the mental health care society is that um, people don't listen to us because they don't, they don't want to, or they are afraid of us or, you know, whatever your reasoning may be. Um, we have a very, we don't have a very large voice. It's growing but it's not, it's not massive. It's not at the forefront. Yeah. I, I also think there's a, a, just a lot of people unwilling to listen because it's just different from the way they think. So they don't want to hear it. You know, it, unfortunately that got a lot worse in 2020. I think a lot of people just heard something different and they were like, chuck that out the window. You know, I don't want to sure. hear something different which is real easy when you're inside your fucking house for a year, but like, right. we got to go out and talk to each other now. So, yeah. you know, yeah, the, the one thing that I hope that we take away from 2020 is that we all had the, you know, um, how do I put this? Um, trying to be grateful for the time that we had um, in order to think through a lot of the problems that we face in not only the present moment, but in the future. Mm -hmm. um and that we can come together somehow um some way um to work together on big problems um that's 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 my hope for how to take something out of 2020 because man was it a dumpster <laughs> fire <laughs> it was a dumpster fire <laughs> um all right oh this is something we've like kind of touched on so it isn't commonly known that just because people receive the same diagnosis doesn't mean that they require the same level of treatment or even respond to the same drug. So do you wish that mental health conditions were more commonly spoken about on a level of a spectrum, the way that autism is a spectrum? You can be, you know, lightly a person of autism or you can have it severe, but like people need to see there's a variance. Yeah. Um... I guess the best way, because um, autism is one part of it, um, but it would still be on the mental health spectrum. So it's it's definitely a spectrum, but it's more of like, I guess like, you know, like the, you know, it's like, how do I put this color spectrum, I guess, where it's like, mm -hmm. it's classified into categories and that does help um, the individual, um, understand what's going on with them um but i really do believe that you know there could be potentially like a niche market for people who understand the mental health system and how to tailor make regimens for people that are mentally ill um so like uh you know say you're say you're uh, bipolar uh, with um, some addiction problems, you know, you need, and then someone can, you know, be a therapist and understand kind of how the mental health care system works and say, okay, this is what you need to do, this, this, and this, and someone that can um, guide you through that process in an easier way. Um, the spectrum part of it is helpful, but it's, it's much easier when uh, someone that is knowledgeable is helping you through it because um, it's all about knowledge, really. It's all about trying to understand the educational aspects of where you're at and then making 
decisions based on the position in which you find yourself. So always knowledge is power. That's knowledge is power forever, forever and ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a question I'm curious about because I feel like it became the focus of a lot of people's stay at home order of just sitting at home and doing nothing and looking at your phone. So there's tons of studies now about how mental health in general, like fine mental health is being negatively affected by social media. What is social media like for you where you are already behind the eight ball, so to speak? Um, it's really interesting. Um, social media to me is terrifying. I look at it and I, I view it as like the valley of shadow and death, you know, type of thing, because no matter what you say on there, you're going to get some type of pushback, no matter what side of any side you fall on. There's going to be always someone that is going to try and troll you or is going to try and uh, bring you down when you already feel low and you're reaching out for support. Someone else is going to try and pull you down even deeper. And that's the that's the part to me that's, that's very scary. Um, you know, I did listen to a podcast once. Uh, it's called uh, Digital Hygiene. Mm -hmm. And so like how to keep up your appearance through social media. But then what does that say about our society? Are we just, so to speak, not downgrading makeup or anything like that, but is like, is like social media our makeup, you know, that we yeah. just kind of like put on, you know, just so that the world sees this, but really we're going through all these things. Is it more important to be real online, but when you're real, you're vulnerable and there's a lot of just shitheads out there that just want to attack you for no, no reason at all, you know? So it's, it's a very scary thing. So for me, I personally try and stay off of it. Um, I may post a thing here or there and I try and keep it super neutral. Um, you know, the, the technological revolution that's happening right now is also very scary because it's, um, I, I would prefer it not to go in the direction of, um, like Black Mirror episode yeah. of like voting people, you know, like and like starring people yeah. for whatever they do. Like that shit terrifies me because I am, I grow my beard out, I grow my hair out. Like I'm, <laughs> I am not the guy that people are going to vote five stars for and that's going to affect a house that I own later down in life. Like that's terrible. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's social media is very scary possibilities. It's, it's a lot, of, it gives me a lot of anxiety, is what I should say. Yeah. And I think you're not alone. Like it gives every day, it gives me anxiety. I get on there, I see people with this perfect life and, you know, they did all these things that they pre-recorded four weeks ago, you know, and it's like, yeah. you didn't work out and wash the dog and Shut work up. 12 hours. Like there's no way, you know, yeah. <laughs> Shut but, your trap. It is. It's so strange how it's just so mentally defeating to get on this thing that was initially created so that we could just interact with each other and laugh at funny pictures or something. You Those know? were the days, weren't they? <laughs> they were. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I had an idea as I was writing these questions for you. And it was, so you know how there's the influencer and like they get shipped all of this free shit all the time right so they're like on there and they're like oh my god thank you so much to Clinique for sending this like what if you were 
the bipolar influencer and you were like just opening like boxes of drugs and it was just like <laughs> you're like thank you so much Pfizer for sending me like <laughs> and it's like <laughs> hey, I got I got my Rigzulti right here it's gonna save me $300 because that's how much it costs and thank you so much and I've got a coupon for you just use SMAP bipole 10% like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, uh, I'm set, you know, giving out coupons for free therapy for a week for a guru that I know down the street, you know, some <laughs> shit like that. I, I get what you're saying. That's funny. I, I wish we need to do that sketch because I think that's hilarious, actually. It. Like it, it just exposes the audacity. It's like, this is where we're headed. Like, yeah, this, this <laughs> yeah. Really <early>. <laughs> yeah flip, the, flip the side. Yeah, flip that coin or whatever. Um. So do you get offended when people overuse the term bipolar in situations where like you could use it on social media, like it's clearly an exaggeration, but they're like, oh my God, I'm just like so bipolar or somebody's using it in a flippant way. Yeah, that was an interesting question. Um, for me, I don't think I get um, angry at someone, it. Someone is willing to be offended for you right now. Just, just <laughs> <laughs> that's just the general vibe of today let me I be think, offended on your behalf <laughs> I think the the uh, what I you know the concept of any publicity is good publicity I try and keep that in mind um so that you know even if they're completely wrong you know like about saying what bipolar is at least someone's saying bipolar like, yeah. because that allows people to be like, what's bipolar? And maybe they Google it or maybe they do something and they try and figure it out for themselves and then they get educated on it. So I try to keep a positive mind about that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I understand that when people are using terms that they don't understand that affect people on a real level, it's, it's like, I mean, they should be a little embarrassed, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> They should, they should, uh, they should maybe educate themselves a little bit. And, uh, cause like, you know, that's some people, some people, uh, struggle with it quite a bit. Yeah. Yes. Um, and the last question I have, or second to last question, sorry, is what is the most helpful when you're having a particularly bad day? Do you have like one kind of go-to thing that you use right now or is it just kind of a, a combination of a couple things mm, i'll give you two answers to that uh because one the last year has been a pandemic so i had to adjust yes um so the, for this last year my go-to has been sleep um if my day has turned into a shit show mentality wise I just sleep it off. Um, and that has probably gotten me through the pandemic um, because it's just, uh, you know, some days suck. Yeah. Some days, some days just suck. Yeah. And you just want it to stop and want it to be over. And, you know, I've been through um, some, some real uh, heartache um, over, you know, the concept of wanting it to be over. Um, but I take the, I take the nap instead of the, um, other spiral, you know? Yeah. Um, so, um, that has helped me a lot through this pandemic. Um, you know, uh, before the pandemic was, um, I have this mountain that is near me out in California, Mount Baldy. 
and I used to go there a lot. Um, that was that was a really nice getaway because um, it had uh, my favorite place is the mountains. So it allowed me to to get out, you know, go smell the woods. You know, the smell of the woods just like brings back all this like nostalgia and happiness and stuff from when I was a kid and going camping and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I just go for a walk, you know, take some friends and just kind of chill out in the sun for the day. Like that's, that's kind of probably the most healing thing for me. Like there's this really funny um, sketch done years ago by someone that there, uh, uh, it was like a, it was like a, uh, prescription drug commercial but for nature i don't mm. know if you saw it it's like so. uh um it's like uh uh you feeling down you feeling blue get out in nature it's really <laughs> fun and it's like you know it's like it'll you know listen to the blue jays it'll turn your blue upside down or whatever you know like things like that you know and so yeah. it just like it was this hysterical little bit on you know it's like may cause happiness, may cause joy, you know, like <laughs> shit like that. Like, <laughs> and so I was like, this is perfect. And so, um, yeah, I would say, I would say naps in nature for sure. The two, All right. two the double ends. <laughs> I like that. And uh, my last question is, what do you and other bipolar people wish everyone understood about your bipolar diagnosis receiving it and what you wish other people around you knew um you know this one's this one's tough um i'd say uh um for the people around me um don't judge a person by their diagnosis um you know uh view them as a as a book to read through and to understand and to understand them as a, another human being mm -hmm. come at them with an empathetic level of just human nature um i think that's i think that's what all the people or at least for me that's how i feel in my mental health journey it's just like try and understand me as a person and don't come at me like something that is off-putting because you don't know what you don't know the um the uh um interaction may be you know uh, right. someone someone could be having a really bad day and you could say something and then throw that person into a spiral and that's you don't want that on your shoulders you don't want that person to go you just just meet meet at a human level you know yeah um and then the other one i was trying to think of a funny way to describe bipolar um and so I thought about forgetting Sarah Marshall, mm -hmm. where um, uh, uh, Jason Siegel is trying to learn how to surf and Paul Rudd is teaching him. And so he does like the pop up, pop down. No, you didn't do it right. Pop up, pop down, pop up, yeah. pop down, you know. So like bipolar is kind of like that, where you just you feel like you always have to pop up and pop down like consistently, but you don't know why. <laughs> and like and like the frustration of like not knowing that puts you into like a spiral mm -hmm. so like it's harder to pop up because you're like well why am I even doing this and then when you go down you know you stay down because you're like I might as well just stay here so it's like this kind of and then you just think about the pop up and pop down in extreme levels yeah. and like that's kind of how bipolar feels sometimes it's just like this um like not knowing how to 
interact with yourself almost it's mm-hmm. um uh it's just going from one extreme to the next and not understanding why so don't be paul rudd basically for yeah, yeah try, not to, <laughs> try not to be paul rudd <laughs> give a little bit better instruction all right well um yeah those are all the questions and thank you so much you know for the two people who listen um you know thank you and you. me um <laughs> But yeah, thank you for like being willing to be honest about this. I know it's it's also taken a while for everybody to be able to have a conversation. I'm sure it took you a while to like trust people enough to even want to have this conversation. And I think that's huge as well. And I'm just really grateful that you're willing to share and you want to share and you feel good enough to do it. And, you know, we just we love you so much. So. Love you, too. But um, yeah, do you have any questions? Um, let's see here. I have a challenge for your listeners. Okay. Go give five free hugs to people that feel like they need it after the pandemic's over. Yes. That's a, that's a challenge. Try, try, try and get it done. I'll try and do it too. <laughs> I like that. Or if you're vaccinated, you can find other vaccinated people and give yeah, them hugs yeah. now. Start a vaccinated hug club. <laughs> <laughs> that should be something you get at the end of your vaccine just like yeah, a hug, hug. Like, bam, a hug whether you yeah. like it or not <laughs> i love that that's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> like you could have like a a cuddle tent or something yeah, like right tent. outside <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> want to cuddle i'm you, vaccinated <laughs> you made it you made it <laughs> <laughs> so fun yeah that's uh that's gonna be kind of the end of the episode so cool Sweet. awesome um so yeah tell everybody thank you matt and where if they want to see like anything you do i know social media sucks but if you have anything you want them to see i can come back on here and talk about that or yeah um i think my instagram handle is matthew young underscore 870 something mm-hmm. like that okay. um i can maybe send that to you and you can put the real one out there if um that's not right yeah. <laughs> uh but i have a bunch this of pictures not willing to promote anything he is he, has, he doesn't even know his instagram like <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i have a bunch of pictures some photoshop stuff that i used to do um jackie had the great idea of uh letting me know about nfts um i did a little bit of research before but i did some more research yesterday and so i'm thinking about trying to put some nfts out there so Whoever's a listener um, and you follow my Instagram, DM me and maybe I'll just send you one for free. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. And NFT, start the NFT craze. Yeah. So, you know, while it's hot. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, um, yeah. Thank you so much, Matt, for coming on. And yeah, when I have this edited and up, I'll let you know. Thank you for having me. Yeah. All right. Love you. All right. Love you too. Bye. That's it for this week's episode of Relax, We're All Gonna Die. I'm Jackie Dutton. That was my cousin and my most wonderful very first guest, Matthew Young. And you can follow his Instagram at Matthew underscore Young 870. And you can find me at, at the Jackie Henley on Instagram and most socials. Uh, if you like this podcast, make sure you hit the follow button and I will catch you guys in the next one.